0: T-Studio at Roxo Media House, this is Frogs Today, featuring former Frog football player turned Rhodes Scholar, Kylan Moore, TCU Associate Head Baseball Coach, Bill Moziello, and our headliner, Fort Worth Mayor, Maddie Parker, and here's your host, the voice of the Frogs, Brian Estridge!
1: Episode seven begins right now. Welcome into Frogs today. I'm Brian Estridge. Boy, do we have a great show lined up! It has been a great week as well for TCU Athletics. Where do we start? We can start back last week if we want with that Friday night lights at the Carter. How about that spring game? That ha- I tell you what, in my mind, recent memory. Had to be the best spring game we've had in Fort Worth. So we got some questions about it. We'll talk about that a little bit later on on our roundtable. And then I'm hoping earlier in the week you had a chance to be a part of the Coaches Classic golf tournament that the Frog Club puts on. Uh, What a great day that was raised over $100,000 on the golf course. Anytime you can make $100,000 on the golf course, it's been a good day for you. So we've got that uh, this past week. So a lot of good things happening. Obviously the baseball team are number one in the big 12 right now. uh, After taking two or three from Oklahoma state last weekend, couple of more series leading into the big 12 uh, still to come here. So a big couple of weeks coming up for Kirk Sarlos' team. Of course you got beach volleyball uh, underway. You got a whole bunch of stuff happening, right now around TCU Athletics that we're going to spend some time on today. We've got a great lineup for you, as a matter of fact. You'll remember the name Kylan Moore. Remember Kylan, the football player turned road scholar? Yeah, Kylan's going to stop by and visit with us. Actually, we're going to check in with him in Los Angeles. I think we'll travel out there to check in with Kylan Moore. He'll be by Bill Moziello, the hitting coach, the offensive guru for baseball. He's going to visit with us. And then a special guest, our headliner today, the mayor of Fort Worth, Maddie Parker, stops by. So, a lot going on. It's going to be a great day. Glad you're here with us on Frogs Today. Don't forget to go to the website, frogstoday.com. Click on that subscribe button on the top right hand corner. We want to get you in that lizard lounge. We want you working with us all week, kind of stirring things up, making sure we're all talking about TCU athletics, all right? So, we got to do that. We're at the Flying t Club studios today, and that's where our friend Maggie Hell has all the news of the week. Maggie?
2: Thanks, Brian. Let's go ahead and get right into your TCU athletics rundown for the week. As always, starting us out, TCU baseball. The Frogs took the series over number three, Oklahoma State, winning the Saturday and Sunday games. This series loss was the first time the Cowboys had lost at home to a Big 12 team and dropped them down in the rankings to number eight. TCU on the climb once again after a successful weekend, moving up one spot to number 20. Frogs hit a bump in the road Tuesday night against Dallas Baptist at home. A 6-5 loss as DBU put up four runs in the eighth inning, tying the game. The Frogs look ahead to tonight's game in Tallahassee, facing off against the Florida State Seminoles. And the men's tennis team starting us out strong Saturday with a 4-1 win over Oklahoma in the Big 12 postseason championship tournament. Unfortunately, the number one Frogs failed to capture their third conference title after a 4-2 loss to the number four-ranked Baylor Bears. Head coach David Raditi said that the loss should prepare them for Nationals, which is in two weeks. The NCAA selection show is scheduled for May 3rd. High hopes for the Frogs as they await their fate. And several Horned Frogs from the track and field team placed high in the top five down in Waco this past weekend. The team looks ahead to another big meet this upcoming weekend, this time in College Station. Good luck to all the Frogs in action this weekend, and now let's go ahead and send it back to the studio. Brian.
1: Welcome back into the Flying Tea Club Studios. I'm Brian Estridge with a very special guest. You'll remember this name. uh, Former TCU football player, turned Rhodes Scholar, turned, well, I I guess guess we call him now uh, an inspirational speaker. Kylan Moore joins us live via Vimeo. Kylan, good to see your face, man. Thanks for hopping on board with us.
3: Oh, absolutely. Good to see you. Good to talk to you again, actually. I'm very glad to be here with you all.
1: Yeah, it has been a while. Yeah, I, let's uh, fill folks in. Since you left TCU with that Ro- Rhodes Scholar opportunity, give us some idea of what the last several years have been like for you.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Right after uh, leaving TCU my last football season, I, I got married. I moved to England and started uh, studying at the University of Oxford, where I did my master's after graduating from the University of Oxford. Um, I Well, during that time period, I wrote a book. Um, I spoke on Good Morning America, sitting right across from Michael Strahan. It was my birthday. Um, it was such a cool experience, and then after that, I applied to PhD programs, and I'm currently at Stanford University working on my PhD, so I'm training to become a, a university professor right now, so that's the, the up-to-date.
1: Now, your uh, undergrad degree, degree, if I remember correctly, was in economics at TCU. Ha- economics. Ha- have you stayed along Absolutely. that same path?
3: So now I'm studying uh, sociology. So, you know, I look at, you know, different criminal justice policies and interesting policy and social network types of stuff. But I rely on a lot of the the economic training that I have, you know, in terms of like, you know, statistical coding or, you know, running different programs and software that helps you um, understand the social world better.
1: You know, Colin, uh, one of the things that I know that it interests you and I know the book that came out of Dream Too Big, you you, you sort of focused on how folks and communities can over, overcome the the gang culture and i know you've talked about that has that been a primary focus for you here continuing for the last several years
3: yeah absolutely that's that's one of the big things that i focus on i look at you know different policies that are implemented in in communities that you know make it harder to to escape you know uh, life a lot, you know that type of lifestyle are making more difficult as people are trying to change their lives around. So those are the things I look at right now. Absolutely,
1: Colin. Do you have a chance to keep up with TCU football at all? Do you are
3: you able to do that from afar? Oh yeah, oh, of course. <laughs> every every single week, it's been a uh, five years going strong. I mean, mind you, like you know, I'm TCU 100. All my uh, a lot of my best friends, I had a uh, 100 of my best friends on that team. So you know, we had the group chat going and everything like that. Is there
1: is there a takeaway from your time here at TCU that you learned being a part of a a, a team like you were that still um, it 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 uh, it continues in your life today in academia?
3: Absolutely, I I have a, a many takeaways. I would say one, it was so cool just to you know have a have an opportunity to be around one hundred people from you know, different parts of the country with different athletic skill sets, you know, different interests outside of the field. So, you know, just the openness to meeting different people and seeing what you can have in common with those people. That's one thing that I've definitely taken with me. Um, the work ethic. You know, when we had a, uh, you know, Coach Patterson, Coach Summers, he was the weightlifting coach. You know, I remember, you know, the, the type of discipline that you would have to apply uh, in football. You know, if it's, you know, doing drills. Um, If it's, you know, taking care of your body, things of that nature, I still carry that stuff with me to this very day. You know, you know, the, the regiment of doing these things that, you know, that can put you in a good position physically. Um, And I would say just the Uh, overall discipline.
1: Yeah. I love the fact that you can carry some of that over uh, in, in everyday life today. Colin, you've got a big event coming up next Tuesday here in Fort worth. It's actually going to take place. At the uh, Fort Worth Zoo, it's the third annual Evening of Hope to benefit Hope Farm. Give folks an idea of what that night's going to be like, real fast.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Hope Farm is a great organization, you know, in 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 a a economically disadvantaged area of Fort Worth, Texas, not too far from TCU. And it's uh, the event is a fundraiser, you know, to to support the great work that Hope Farm is doing uh, with you know young Latino and African American youth. You know, making sure that they stay on a good path, the academic trajectory towards college. So I'm happy to, you know, to come and contribute and lend my words wherever, you know, they may be useful for the purpose of this event.
1: Yeah, I'm excited about the night. Looking forward to seeing you again. It's again at six o'clock at the Fort Worth Zoo. Uh, Tuesday, May 3rd is the date of that. Dinner will be at seven o'clock. It's going to be a great event kylan moore will be the featured speaker you can uh, find out more at hopefarmfw.org that's the website hopefarmfw.org kylan great to see your face great to hear how well you're doing we look forward to seeing you next week here in fort worth
3: absolutely thank you so much for having me have a good one
1: there he goes kylan moore former horn frog speaking of tcu football uh, what a great Friday night it was last week with the spring game here. The first ever Friday night under the lights at the Carter. We've got some highlights of what transpired last Friday for you right now. And then coming up, Bill Moziello, the associate head baseball coach at TCU. He joins us as Frogs Today continues in a moment.
3: Boom, 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 boom. Dry slow, homie. Hello, homie. You never know, homie. Run me some hoes, homie. You need to pump your brakes and drive slow, homie. My homie Molly, used to stay 79th, mate. One of my best friends from back in the day, down the street from Calumet, a school full of stones. He nicknamed me K Rock today. Leave me alone. Bulls jacket with his hat broke way, y'all. Walked around the mall with his radio face off. Plus he had a spinner from his datings in his hand, keys in his hand. Reason again to let you know he's the man.
1: Frogs Today continues now. We get to talk a little baseball, as we should, with a team that's at the top of the Big 12 standings right now, the associate head coach, the offensive guru, we like to call him. If you would, please welcome Bill Moziello to the show. Coach, come on out, my man. Hey okay, Brian, thanks good, for having good me. Good to see you, man. Thanks awesome. for humping on. We got yeah, some water for yeah, you, a little awesome. Richards Rainwaters. We That's got you taking care. If you just want to come hang out in the den, every man, come over. I like it. Wow, you this is a big, big league right yeah. here. You, you might, you know, need a break every once in a while. The uh, so we're we're shooting this right after the DBU game, uh, and uh, you you said we're lucky to get you, uh, but we're, we're uh, honestly though, you look at the last two weekends, they've been pretty special for this group. You get the sweep against Texas Tech. You, you take two out of three against Oklahoma State. It feels like this team's starting to put it together a little bit.
4: We are. We're starting to play our best baseball, which was always, it's always the goal, to play your best baseball when it counts later in the season. Right. You yeah. want to play great baseball throughout the season, and we did. We, we got off to a great start early. We had that really nightmare, uh, tough two-week stretch mm-hmm. where we were 3-7, and seven, and you're thinking, gosh, are we ever going to score again? How are we going to get this thing going? But we got a bunch of resilient kids and a fantastic staff that stays positive, that stays with it. And But it's always about your kids and the players you have, and our kids are resilient, and – you know, sometimes, like, I wish I could be as resilient as them. When I'm down in the dumps wanting to, like, man, are we ever going to score again? I don't, I think they're just <laughs> unfazed, and let's go play another day, and that's the way it's supposed to be. So yeah. let, let me do all the worrying, and they, they have some fun and go out and play, and that's the way it should be.
1: The one thing that you do do is you challenge them, though. Uh, I mean, yeah, you're positive, but there is a challenge. Hey, we we got to get after it here. You don't let them off the hook, ever, do you?
4: No, then there's a standard to yeah. play for, and that's yeah. and that's what it is. We have a standard of, of excellence, and uh, we don't always get there, but, you know, you know, you root, you reach to try to be great. And if you fall short, you know, it is what it is.
1: During those times where you think you're not producing offensively like you should, that's where you get to get a little creative. Some, you know, sometimes you got to get creative in producing runs, right? And and your team has shown the ability to do that.
4: Yeah, and we're we're it's tough. We don't we don't do as much as, as I'd like to. We're mm-hmm. we're we're not stealing as many bases. Number one, you got to get on base, and, right. and that makes it tough. Um, Our bunting game hasn't been what I had hoped it was. I thought we were going to improve a little bit on that. And we're we're falling a little short. Of course, I'm a perfectionist. So I want, you know, you want, you always have that dream. We're going to hit 300, hit a lot of homers, still a lot of bases. And and sometimes, you know, you just, you've got to adjust. Some guys you thought were going to have big years, maybe didn't. Some other guys you thought were, you hope they have big years, they are. So it's just, it's really fluid. You got to, it's a day-by-day basis. And you just, the key is, for me, is just trying to compete every day and give your team a chance to win and, and that's what I'm excited with the pitching staff. We're continuing to get better, the depth in the bullpen, and we're having some pieces really become really good in the bullpen. And so it's been it's it's neat to watch. Um, but but again, you know, I wanted to be, you know, 37 and 0 right now. That was what I thought we could do. And then you know, so when you lose a game, and coming off the EBU last night, it's it's heartbreaking to lose a, a tough game. We're up five to one, and then the offensively we don't score for the next five innings. And you know, I mean, just, that, that doesn't sit well with me, and that's what makes it fun to go to practice today and say and to challenge the boys again and say, hey, we we had a good weekend. We had a tough one last night. Man, we're going to Florida State, and I can't wait to hook it up with them.
1: Yeah, I want to talk to you about Florida State because a, a non-conference series, kind of in the middle of a, a conference stretch, is, is that a good thing?
4: <laughs> well, I thought it was, and it, and it is, because it, it, it's going to happen, so sure. we're going to make sure it's a good thing. Right. We don't have a choice. Right. The tough part is, you know, when you're prepping for the big weekend and they've got two awesome Friday and and actually Friday, Saturday and Sunday, their starting rotation is fantastic. Right. But they have two lefties that are just really, really good. Yeah. So you're like, Oh my gosh, the, the, the prep of, and I actually started yesterday morning, the way, you know, you have to prep so quick, especially if you're going to fly out on Thursday and and you got to prep for for DBU, but at least we'd already played them and had the same pitcher mm-hmm. that pitch against us a couple weeks ago. But you're prepping for them, and I'd heard everybody all year talk about the great rotation of Florida State. So, man, so you thought this would be a good one, a good little bye week, but it's, got, it's nothing but a – it's not a bye, that's for yeah. sure. So we have our work cut out, but that's a challenge, and that's why we're here. Yeah. And we, our goal is to, in a player development situation, is to play a great schedule and to challenge the kids and to play in different environments in different parts of the country and – and we're doing a good job with that. But, boy, is this going to be a tough weekend.
1: You, you know, you talked earlier about the parts and pieces or the, the pitching staff starting to come together a little bit. The thing that surprised me the most maybe with this team, with the COVID roster the way it is and how heavy it is, how, how much impact young guys have had on this team already, uh, you know, you, you would think, oh, we've got an older roster. I've got a bigger roster. It's going to be all vets. But the young guys have come in and made a difference. Yeah, and it's awesome.
4: And we love to stay as young yeah, as we yeah. possibly can yeah. for as long as we can. And, yeah. and we have a good track record of young players flourishing mm-hmm. in our program. You know, we've, like from a position player standpoint, I think we've had three Big 12 freshmen of the year. Right. You know what I mean? And, and David Bishop's in the mix of yeah, being a fourth. So that's always important that we stay young. But it is awesome to see those guys flourish. And, you know, the three freshmen that played every day last year, and then the, the freshmen they're playing every day this year. That's that's neat. That's always good to stay young.
1: You know, it's interesting you bring that up because when you when you talk to football coaches, or you talk to basketball coaches, you know what they say? You got to get old. Right. You got to stay old. Basketball, you got to be old. You got somehow you got to get the roster old. And baseball is just the opposite of that. It's amazing. How and works. I, you know,
4: it, it is neat. Like last year having those six seniors. And yeah. Boy, what a, what? that's an old veteran group of, of some amazing kids, so that was fun too. Right. With the three freshmen. Right. And now you've got those guys that become sophomores, but then you've got another group of freshmen. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, I want to be good in everything. You want to yeah. be good old, you want to be good middle, <laughs> and you want to be good young. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, when we're recruiting, we're, we, we're, our track records you come in here you know the kid always wants to know am I going to get to play and it's like as a freshman yeah absolutely you're going to get every opportunity now you're going to need to play well Uh, yeah but that's always there for him and that's that's one of our biggest deals for us it's like we're gonna if you're good enough to play we hope you are
1: yeah well and that's the other thing I think that says a little bit about your recruiting is your recruiting goes up a notch every year that's when young people play right
4: absolutely yeah they see that and they see the freshman before. and we're real fortunate. We're in a special place. We get yeah. special kids. Um, it's a, a real desirable place um, for players, and we're real fortunate to have the kind of players that we get.
1: Bill, you've had chances to leave, uh, and you haven't. You you, you could have been a you could have been a head coach. You could have gone other places. You you you've been you know uh, you, you've had your time in the bigs, working in the minor league system. What is it about TC that keeps you here?
4: It's amazing. You know, I mean, it's it's you know you can get me emotional. You know, yeah. talking about it. It's just it's a it's an amazing place. Fort Worth in itself is fantastic. The, the administration, I've never been, and I've been in, all over the country, a, a lot of special places yeah. and very fortunate, but the administration then they're, they're just, uh, what they've done for baseball and made it a huge deal and the fans and, and everybody, it's just, it's just tough. And then, but it really comes down to the players and the people you work with. Right. The staff that I get to work with, the people, and our places, Selfless is one of our key deals, one of our components of who we are as a program. And we have so many people that work under be it a volunteer coach or Meredith Montgomery or, yeah. or our strength coach, and Zach Dakin, Danny Wheat, our or tr- trainer. We have the most special people at what they do. Mm-hmm. And it's they're, It's just so awesome. So many of them don't get any credit, yeah. but you know they're amazing. And the way they come to work every day and the Kyle Winkler, who's our called the volunteer coach, which is the stupidest term of all
1: right. sports, right. a
4: coach that works harder than anybody. Yeah. Um, it's called a volunteer when it's you know so just to to watch what they do and to see it to be around those guys on a daily basis it just it energizes you and, and every since i've got here from day one, the people that I've got to work with it's just they'll always be special to me and obviously with Kirk and opportunities to go other places like I can't leave Kirk Sargos yes you know we always, we're we're in this thing together and yeah. so You know, I have had some neat opportunities, but I'm so blessed, and and I don't take it for granted that I'm so lucky just to have a job here at TCU.
1: Well, it's a great family atmosphere, too. I mean, I love seeing you guys, what you do in the off season together, you know, as families, uh, how your family is ingrained in a Fort Worth community. It's it's pretty dang special. I'm going to close with this. This is a really important question. Do you ever get to eat ballpark food? No, I haven't. See? I do like Dodger dogs. I yeah. grew up on Dodger right, dogs. Right, right. So yeah. But no, actually, our ballpark
4: especially, I don't even really know what they sell. I know a few years ago they were having those
1: deals where the sarlos or the whatever. Yes, but no, yeah. I'm not. Um, so you don't get to benefit from bar, don't ballpark don't benefit food ever. No. Well, I, we got a special feature coming up. That's why I bring that up on right. ballpark food here. At uh, TCU, we got this. is going to be fun. All right. Hey, I really appreciate you coming by. Thanks for having. Me. Best of luck this weekend at Tallahassee, we look forward to having you back on with us. All right. Fantastic. There he is, Bill Moziello, uh, the associate head coach
0: for TCU baseball. Say hello to the water of tomorrow, Richards Rainwater. Richards Rainwater is one hundred percent rain, refreshing, renewable, and the only ingredient we use in our water. Why rain? Because everyone deserves access to clean water and rain is a 100% renewable resource available everywhere. Drink the rain, save the planet. Shop now at richardsrainwater.com.
1: The Flying T Club provides the everyday TCU fan and alum the ability to specifically support TCU student athletes. Flying T Club offers three levels of memberships. The Flying T Club is a nonprofit organization supporting the brand development of TCU student athletes through a series of unique event-based networking opportunities, which are exclusive to our members. These events provide a great social engagement tool for our members and student athletes alike. Follow them on Instagram at Flying T Club or online at flyingteaclub.com.
5: Hi, this is longtime Fort Worth Star-Telegram journalist, Mac Engel, and I'm inviting you to join me for the Engle Angle podcast bi-monthly on Wednesdays with guests from the world of sports, entertainment, and general interest. I'll bring you my unique perspective and an entertaining spin to every episode. Listen anywhere you get your podcasts or at engleangle.com. That's E-N-G-E-L-A-N-G-L-E.com. The Engle Angle is a Roxo Media House production.
1: Hey, if you're looking for a fun place to host a company party or large gathering, look no further than TCU Baseball. They invite you to reserve your spot in Home Run Alley. Home Run Alley, the new and improved hospitality area at Lepton Stadium that includes 25 tickets and a covered tent with rental purchase. Additional catering options are available to purchase. Lock in your spot at Frog Alley this season by calling 817-257-3764 or visit GoFrogs.com. Frogs today continues now, and every once in a while we venture outside of the world of TCU athletics uh, with a very special guest, and she's kind enough to carve out some time for us. If you would, please welcome the mayor of Fort Worth, Maddie Parker, to stand. how, how are, you? are you?
6: Great. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Have I a appreciate seat. It. Okay. Welcome
1: to the den that JW built.
6: Okay, this is the hot seat, huh? Yeah. This okay. is. Yeah.
1: No, this is the easy seat. This is. This is <laughs> real easy. I, I want to dive in because I want to talk sports with you. Probably something you don't get asked yeah. a ton about. Um, but let's talk about the importance of, well, let's start with TCU Athletics since we've talked about TCU. To a city like Fort Worth, a thriving city, to have a university playing at a high level, what does that mean to Fort Worth and to the city? I
6: think it's been a huge difference maker. If you think about the things that started to put Fort Worth on the map, um, we've always been kind of a sleepy city. Other things, Panther, Panther City was a, real, was a real deal for us. Mm-hmm. Most people across the country think we're 45th largest when we're 12th right and when i think about the things that have really been um, the factors that put us on the map i do think visitor tourism has been one of them and then tcu athletics Mm -hmm. um because otherwise who would have known about this awesome city if you hadn't been here before and and kind of got it in your system and i think tcu has been a huge factor for that did the universities focus um, on attracting out-of-state students into fort worth and now they want to stay and live and grow a family here um, and then what the athletic program has meant. So to your point, it absolutely has been a huge factor for our it, success. It,
1: the economic impact, too. The, I, I don't know that folks realize what game day can mean yeah. for the city from an economic standpoint. You lose games here in COVID. You know, you, you worry about the Big 12 changing. All these things sort of add up because, I mean, this affects a lot of people.
6: Doesn't absolutely. When well, if you talk to folks across in economic development and visitor tourism, visit Fort Worth, one of the things they're most excited about potential for growth is in sports tourism yeah i think they're estimating 100 million dollars in this next fiscal year um in sports tourism across the city um what we need to do is what, what tcu has meant to that factor mm-hmm. um as people travel in from out of state and are across the state to watch um all the teams play like right now. We've got TCU baseball doing yeah, that I
1: know. well. So. Yeah, yeah, I had a record attendance just the other yes, weekend. Exactly. You know, and, and if uh, if TCU football can add a seventh home game, which is being yeah. talked about, that's a that's a major impact. That's yeah. multi millions of dollars here in the city. Uh, when you when you take it broader than that, and you brought up a a, a great question or a great uh uh point. Twelfth largest city?
6: Yeah. Fastest growing.
1: Largest city in the country without a professional franchise. Well, yeah, well, can I guess we that's say that? True.
6: Yeah, I think so.
1: Will that change ever, you think?
6: I don't know, but here's a few things I've been talking about a lot lately, and I've talked about it for years, even before I was mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, our sports tourism in Fort Worth will probably always be different for a few different purposes, mm-hmm. uh, reasons. Number one, you're a part of Dallas-Fort Worth, right. right? The entire region and all the success, Dallas Cowboys, Texas Rangers. You can't really sport another support another franchise over here. Right. Dallas Mavericks, Dallas Stars. So what does it look like to be a part of that entire success package on traditional sports, um, but also look outside the box. Don't forget, now we're home to a Panther City lacrosse team, right, right. Um, which are on a winning streak right now. Yep. Um, I had had their coach on recently who's fantastic yeah. um, and really excited about the growth of that franchise in particular. Um, but then one of the first announcements we made when I became mayor was PBR coming mm-hmm. to Fort Worth. So sports tourism and sports franchises will look different in the future of Fort Worth. Um, but I want people to kind of think outside the box for us a little bit.
1: Yeah, and we also have to think about the fact that when the Final Four is here, when the Super Bowls here, when big events are here and in Arlington, yeah. you know, uh, Fort Worth benefits greatly. You know, absolutely. Fort Worth ends up being a host city as far as hotels, teams, and things of that. Or, yeah. you know, so you get the benefit of all
4: that. Yeah,
6: and we're going through that right now, competing yeah. for the World Cup in 2026. Yeah. It's an entire region approach. Um, any games that are played at Jerry World AT&T Stadium will mm-hmm. absolutely benefit Fort Worth. Um, and vice versa for Dallas. So I think we've done a pretty great job of understanding when we need to compete and yeah. also when we need to work together and sports is a good example.
1: Of yeah that. and there's also something to be said from a, a due diligence standpoint and doing best you can with uh, with uh, folks dollars. You're not having to carry the debt of a stadium or an great arena point. or things of that yeah. nature too. You know, we're right?
6: exploring other options. You know you probably saw in the paper a few, a few weeks ago that we're looking at um, what the future of soccer looks right. like in Fort Worth and right. that's not just professional soccer that's also youth soccer. Mm-hmm. So one thing maybe we'll talk about today while we're going back and forth is yeah. the growth of youth sports and yes. what that means for a local economy and for quality of life for residents, which is a huge factor. Um, it's something that in Fort Worth I know that we're passionate about.
1: You know, and you see the suburbs that have benefited from that. I, I, I You think about towns like Keller or Southlake or Colleyville that are suburbs of Fort Worth that have uh, these traveling softball or baseball events. Yeah. Grapevine does a great, a great job with that. And I feel like sometimes Fort Worth gets bypassed, yeah. whether it's because of facilities or whatnot that to me is a a, an instant one moneymaker but also exposure uh for the city for folks it is
6: and we have we have been leading from behind on that um anybody that has young kids or kids that are competing knows you're traveling all over really the state or outside the state to compete in some of these club and select teams Mm -hmm. and we need some of that tourism business here and so we're working on the concept with visit fort worth and the sports tourism board um is on two things one is youth sports complex um, specific not just for soccer but outdoor sports that would really attract those top tournaments on the weekends also be a component for our local folks to be able to play, um, play have more field time um, out locally and then also what, what if any stadium do we need for future of sports whether it was soccer another thing to really support in the city
1: where does and this is not an original idea I'm sure you've heard it from a thousand other folks where would Farrington fall into that because it yeah. feels to me if Farrington is important on the on the radar to keep, to maintain in some shape, form, or fashion. Yeah. Could it? Could we maintain the facade of Farrington, the historic nature of it, yet convert it into a modern 25,000, 30,000-seat soccer stadium complex that can be multi-use?
6: I think all options are on the table right now. Um, remember that Farrington's a really unique ownership yes. um, split between 4th ISD and the city of Fort Worth. Um we've, we've had a great partnership, especially in the last few months, working with ULI on a process to kind of dream big about Farrington, but also underst- understand the national historic significance of Farrington Field. Right. Um, I think the dollar figure is around $26.5 million it would take just to update the stadium for 88 purposes.
1: Just to bring it to code, huh?
6: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so that's a huge price tag. Yeah. And then you also have to understand the future of sports, um, in this case for Fourth ISD, they get a lot of feedback from parents. They would love to have more localized fields across their, their high schools, mm-hmm. where it felt more like home to them. Yeah. Farrington has a lot of historic significance, but it's not necessarily close to some of their high schools. And so that's something that 4th ISD has to work through with their board of trustees and leadership to understand what their needs are. Um, but right now you have over 20 acres um, right adjacent to the cultural district, um, historic, the, our historic um, Fort Worth cultural district. And what, what it means for the future is big. Um, you also need to maintain some type of, in my opinion, some type of facade and nod to the history of Farrington Field. Agreed. But none of this is going to happen without a lot of community in- so I'm excited about that process, and I know there's a lot of folks that have a, that want to have a, a bit of input on what the future for Oregon's to look like in that area of our city.
1: Let's brag on what is here right now, though, and that is Dickies
6: Arena, yeah. which
1: has had a major impact on the city NCAA championships, the NCAA basketball tournament. Um, you, know, you, you mentioned the fact that PBR, I mean, there's so many things that it brings to the yeah. table, both from a sports and entertainment um, point of view. I I feel like that impact's been greater than maybe even we thought it would
6: have been. Oh, it's, it's not only is it great economically, but it's just great for the fabric of the city to bring people together. I mean, I, my husband and I spend a lot of time going to concerts and it's really great to be able to visit a concert right in your backyard and go to Dickie's Arena. Um, Just recently we went to the Eric Church concert, which was I think their highest occupancy ever. It was a phenomenal show for two and a half hours and that's happening right here in Fort Worth. Um, And so kudos to city leadership, of course, Ed Bass and others who helped bring this vision um, to fruition. And then you mentioned ncaa competing at dickey's arena not only are you now getting world-class sports in fort worth but you you get all the benefit of an institution like ncaa at the same time and they they put on this readers become leaders program Mm -hmm. that fourth isd participated in they brought three of the winning elementary schools into dickies to get to witness practice that is something these kids would never have been exposed Exposed to, but for this program being in Fort Worth. All right, I'm
1: going to jump back real quick to two areas that are of interest to me. One is Colonial, obviously the Charles Schwab Invitational, the economic impact that it has, that has continued to grow. We're going to add a NCAA-sanctioned event there. That's going to be an annual event as well. That's big, though, to have that tournament, to have that continue here in Fort Worth. What a great opportunity to showcase it on CBS. The city gets great coverage out of it. It's awesome.
6: It is wonderful. I'll I'll remind people how close we were to losing the tournament. You remember when the Dean DeLuca sponsorship fell through, Mm -hmm. um, Mayor Price and a a delegation of business leaders rallied um, to make sure we kept the the tour with PGA. And then fast forward to now, Charles Schwab has been a phenomenal partner um, for this tournament. And I think you're going to see bigger things even possible in the future for Colonial. Um, I can't remember the number of years, but it's historic in the PGA tour. You probably know off the top of your head. Um, so how do we celebrate that um, um, accurately and then when they redo the course the colonial course redo is right. a huge opportunity for additional spotlight uh, onto the tour maybe tigers coming this year you i don't never, know i hear know. that's a last minute decision right? you never
1: do, yeah. you never okay. know uh, one other thing is uh, the, the impact that tcu has had on that barry street revitalization uh, not only has tcu taken care of itself yeah. uh, and its students but it's been good partners with the city and the improvement district there. Has been amazing. Hasn't?
6: It has, and I, I'm thankful to TCU for for working through that process. Yeah. You know, sometimes when you do form based code and you have a revitalization process, um, the neighborhood can be a little bit um, scared about what that right. means. But I think TCU's been a trusted partner for decades and what it means for the future of that entire area and that corridor is coming true now and to your point it's a great mixture right it's yeah it's not too university heavy there's also phenomenal restaurants and, and mixed-use development that's along that corridor that's great for the neighborhood as well
1: you have uh you have a younger young uh, wonderful family yes have you have you figured out in the first months now how to balance all of this because i know yeah. you get pulled on in a ton of different
6: ways we do and i think for me any working parent can agree to this. Some days are, or you feel like, I've got this, right? right and balancing right. It, and the next day, you're like, I don't got this. Right, and right, that's right. just how I have to be honest with myself. But the kids come first for David yes. and I, they absolutely do. And my, my staff knows, my friends know, and those around the community that if there's a baseball game, I'm not gonna miss it, right? right. We're gonna be at that first rather than a community event. And the great thing is, most people have really been, um, I wouldn't even say tolerant, they're excited about yeah. that. They understand the importance of family first. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, if anything in COVID has taught us that, that we need to take care of our relationships and the people around us. Um, but no, balancing can be really difficult. Um, this morning, my husband was out of town, so it was a little bit of a three-ring circus getting so. out of the house on time. Yeah, I bet so. Uh, but we have a good partnership to try to make it all happen. You're, you're kind of mention it. Thank
1: well, you. I really do appreciate what you've done so far in a very short period of time. I know you got a lot of challenges. Almost a year. It's crazy. I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know you got a lot of challenges, but you got a lot of great resources in this city. We it? do. That, that, to me, is what separates Fort Worth and other cities around the country is the ability for different different interest groups, and I'll just use it as that, to be able to work together to be problem solvers. Yeah. And and we see that in cities across the country where that doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, they they just butt heads and, and you and you see cities fall apart. Yeah. Fort Worth's very progressive in that yeah. way. And I use that term as a I moving know. forward term. Well
6: I'm I'm glad you mentioned it because it's something I'm very passionate about. Mm-hmm. And I think if you if any world class city loses that, you're in trouble. Yep. Yeah and you can't take it for granted either and i think in the political environment we're all in right now it's very easy to want to go to loggerheads and fight about everything right. with no, no ability to find consensus and that's not how Fort Worth has been successful so far and that that's the, our success depends on that culture continuing and so i'll use my bully pulpit whenever possible to say look put politics aside and let's work on the issues together it doesn't mean i'm always going to agree with everyone mm-hmm. around a council table or in the community um, but we owe it to ourselves to kind of put down the swords and work together. And sometimes that's easier said than done and you don't necessarily get rewarded for it either.
1: Yeah. yeah. And there's a, there's a term that's used to describe your job that it sometimes gets lost in the shuffle too. The public servant means something yeah. and you, and you have to think of it that way that, Hey, I am here to serve the public Yeah. and you took an oath to serve and do what's in the best interest of the city it may not be in the best interest, you know, of, of you, or maybe yeah. not be in the best interest of your neighbor. Yeah. But, hey, overall, here's what's good and for I've us. And
6: I've found that when you make decisions um, and you are careful how you communicate them, yeah. you do so in a respectful manner, and you maintain your integrity, people may not agree with you, yeah. but they respect you for what you did. No question. Um, and so if you just kind of keep that center of mind, no matter how difficult the issues are, I think that we'll be, as a, as a collective city, we'll be just fine.
1: You know, that that's way. why we've been so good. Honesty, yeah. integrity, principled. Yeah. You know, those things are, are what the city has stood on. I been. agree. So, thank you very much. Bonnie. Thank you for having back. me. I appreciate yes, it, it very much. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Mayor uh, will be with us hopefully again in the future, too. I'm going to go ahead and book you. I, okay? I'm ready. I'm ready. Go horn frogs. All right. Go frogs. Hey, <laughs> all yeah, right. We much. got more to come on frogs today. We'll get to that after we do this. Criminals, killers. These stories of crime and punishment in the 21st century Western society as told through the lens of retired Fort Worth vice cop Jake White and investigative journalist John Henry.
0: Catch a new episode every Saturday anywhere you get your podcast or at Signal51Chronicles.com. Signal 51 Chronicles is a Roxo Media House production. What do you call a Fort Worth-centric podcast featuring guests of international, national, and local fame? Fortitude FW. Why catch the latest episode? Because every guest has a story to tell. Join hosts J.W. Wilson and Britton Payne every Friday for the latest stories from noted Fort Worthians in business, sports, lifestyle, entertainment, law enforcement, politics, and... Well, you get the idea, Fortitude FW, where the stories never die. Listen anywhere you get your podcast, or at fortitudefw.com. Fortitude FW is a Roxo Media House production.
1: Frog fans, TCU baseball introduces the Frog Flex Pack. This new edition this season gives fans the flexibility and power to decide what games they want to attend. The TCU Baseball Frog Flex Pack gives fans 10 vouchers to redeem for GA tickets at any home game this season for a low price of just 80 bucks. That's right, $80. Be sure to purchase your very own Frog Flex Pack today. Call 817-257-3764 or visit GoFrogs.com.
0: Frogstoday.com is the ultimate TCU sports fan community. Members enjoy exclusive content from inside the locker room, feature presentations, access to athletes, coaches, and alumni that are making headlines, and a live show featuring Brian Estridge. Join us and an interactive sports community full of Horned Frog fans now at Frogstoday.com. Frogs Today is a Roxo Media House production.
1: Roundtable of experts now from our friends at FrogsToday.com. He's Jeff Wilson. He's Jamie Pluckett. I'm Brian Estridge. We got a lot we got to get into in a short amount of time. Okay. Let's start with the uh, spring game. Friday Night Lights, first ever under the Carter uh, under the lights at the Carter. What would you think?
7: Uh, you know, I, I thought the football was okay. You know, I mean, I, I don't think you go into a spring game expecting to see the the Super Bowl champions or the, you know, a Sugar Bowl quality team or something like that. But uh, there was a show. It was, it was you know, music played the whole time. Cheerleaders and all that were there. The band played. And there were like 700 recruits and parents yeah. on the field. I mean, yeah. I, you know, so I think that, I think everything, while it might have been geared toward generating buzz with the students, because it was a pretty
1: good student turnout,
7: I really think it was toward generating buzz toward the guys who could potentially be
1: playing at Eamon Carter Stadium here in the future and if those folks were there those recruits like Jeff was talking about Jamie they had to walk away feeling pretty good about the atmosphere about the the way the city has connected reconnected with the program if you will the openness of it they had to like that yeah I mean we've been
5: talking about the energy around this program all spring and, and it just felt like it's been revitalized under Sunny Dykes and so On Friday night, it was really cool to see the fans turn out. I did have one uh, staffer who is currently working for TCU who is with SMU say that there were more people in the stands for the spring game than there were for a regular SMU home game last fall, so... We're at least tracking right in that direction. Uh, But as far as recruits on the field and and building up that energy and that connection, I thought it was a really cool thing just to see all of those staffers interacting with the recruits during the game, players coming over, talking to them. It was way, way more about the atmosphere than the football game like Jeff said.
1: Here's here's my takeaway. You said you didn't think the football was all that great? Yeah. I I, I do think that Joe Gillespie dialed it up a little bit, and Sonny joked about that afterwards, you know, that the defense played fast you can tell they've kind of bought into the system and they got they were aggressive
7: you know at at past past spring games or the previous regime yeah
1: the
7: the the plays the offense's plays were scripted and geared toward the defense and so if if an offensive coordinator in the past would run a trick play or something it would cause a lot of problems in the coaching right. so i think that's good i mean you know, why should everybody know what's going to happen they're not going to know what's going to happen during a game yeah. so Get out there, kind of, and it kind of tests them a little bit. You know, makes them aware of what what all can happen in a game, and and uh, I think it's great. Who's a who's a leader in the clubhouse at quarterback? You know, I, I don't think they've made up their mind yet. Based on what I saw this spring, I think it's Chandler Morris, Max Duggan. I think he's the incumbent. I mean, I, I, I'm a big I'm a big believer in the incumbent. You gotta possession is nine tenths of the law, Brian. You know we're gonna I'm, well, hey, you know
1: that you and I are gonna owe him lunch at some point, but I'm with you. I think it's Max at this point. I, I really we'll do. We'll see, though. We'll be up there. There's also still potential that the quarterback's not even on the team. No, right, wait a minute. Sonny Dyke said that he was, said he was in Fort Worth. Well, you look at the portal right now. Okay. There are no options in the portal currently right. that could probably
7: come in and start
5: for this, okay. this team right now. But you never know what's going to happen and right. why. We'll see. Well, he did say that,
7: but I mean, it's got to be a huge upgrade. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. got to be somebody that you're willing to take everything that you've learned in spring and tear it down and put in a new guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that probably wouldn't be popular with yeah. a lot of, a lot of people on the team who aren't quarterbacks, let alone the quarterbacks.
1: Earlier today, we uh, had a chance to watch you guys eat. That was fun. Uh, at, at the uh, baseball game. Let's talk a little uh, TCU baseball. Uh, lose to DBU during the midweek. You know, the midweek games. Is what or the mid-week is. games. Uh, go to Florida State this weekend. You're coming off two big weekends. you know, sweep at Tech. You win the series against Oklahoma State. You're number one in the Big 12 right now. There's a non-conference series at this point. Come at a good time?
5: I mean, I guess. It doesn't really matter this late in the season. All you're playing for now is ranking and potential hosting a regional, that kind of thing. And so going on the road to Tallahassee, playing Florida State, obviously you want to do well. Yeah. Uh, I think for Sarlos, the goal is just to win the series and see if you can't work some guys back in that have been missing for a little while. You know, Austin Krobe pitched for the first time in six weeks against Oklahoma State. He went two innings and looked really good. The goal for him is to maybe start to stretch it out a little bit more out of the bullpen. He's not going to be in the rotation quite yet. Uh, And then David Bishop as well has been dealing with a hamstring injury, got hit uh, in the hand by a pitch on Saturday at Oklahoma State, so he's got some tenderness in that left wrist that he's still working through. So this weekend is all about just getting away with a series win and making sure that you stay healthy
1: for the the final stretch. When I look around the Big 12, the one thing that kind of stands out is I think every team would tell you uh, pitching maybe hasn't been where they thought it would be. It, it sure. seems that way,
7: anyway. Yeah, and you know, there have been some some injuries on some teams. Yeah. The TC's experienced it themselves, so right. Uh, yeah, that that that's an issue when uh, big guys go down. But you know, t- if, if you're gonna if you're gonna win, you have to figure out a way to score. Yeah, you know, and 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 maybe maybe these extra at bats or runs are allowing hitters to figure things out for the postseason. I mean, you know, pitching wins at every level, but um, still you got to find a way yeah. you got to find a way if you know that you're going to be in a pitcher's battle you got to figure out how to score and know how to score and and you know maybe maybe these high scoring games help in that, in yeah. that regard got to but get creative it, a little yeah. bit yeah i mean yeah. you
1: know you got to you, score you still got to score more than the other guy you guys weren't as excited as i was when i told you guys that there was a preseason poll that had tcu basketball number 10 in the country i said that and you guys were both ho-hum about it I, When have you seen TCU top 10 in the country in a preseason basketball? Look,
5: it's fun. It's fun to talk about in April. Yeah. It's really great to talk about this time of year. But when when the chips fall in in the fall, we'll see what this team really has. Returning all five starters is great. Looking around the Big 12, losing all of those star players and Agbaje and, uh, you know, a couple other guys around the league. Yeah there's potential there for this team to be really good. I just preseason polls just don't do it for me in general. Yeah. You know, they,
7: they, they will call these things like the way too early top 25 or, right. you know, the reason they're saying is way too early is we have no really, I real idea what we're talking about and a lot can change. Now TCU should be good. Yeah. They're getting every, with everybody that's coming back, they absolutely should be good and, and coming off a season in which they, they surprised and maybe the league is down a little bit, but, um, yeah, it's too early. I mean, who who knows who knows who's going to go where from the portal, how things are going to get reloaded, you know, and you I would exp, you know, Texas which which went into the portal and built built its team, its roster last year, they're probably going to do it again, okay. you know, and and they're going to be guys that go from school to school and and you just kind of have to wait and see how it how it shakes out. But to your point, it's better that they're talking about this than saying, oh well, TC is going to be
1: one of the bottom two teams in the Big Twelve. Which is exactly where we were a season ago. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite basketball note of the last week, and we'll close with this. This this might have been before your time. This might have been when you were a student. Hmm. Mike, Jones. Mike Jones. Mike Jones. Remember Mike Jones? Basketball player? He was on the Billy I know Tubbs a different period. Mike Jones, but huh? yeah. You know a different Mike Jones. Mm-hmm. Well, this one is on the yeah, that is a common name, right? Yeah. yeah. The, uh, this one was on Billy Tubbs's great teams. Right. Right. Did you see what happened to Mike Jones this past week?
7: uh he coached some big big yeah, high he just, school yeah he coach. just got named the yeah. head
1: coach at Dematha Right. Oh, awesome. In Maryland, yeah. in, Maryland, in Maryland, in Baltimore, which is a great program, yeah. story yes. program. That's a huge get. That's a great get for TCU basketball to say, hey, one of our alums is the head coach of the Matha High School. In, that's really in cool. Baltimore, so good deal. Those are fun teams to watch. Those were fun teams to <laughs> yeah. watch. There's no question about that. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Frogs Today. Our expert roundtable here with Jamie and Jeff. Always appreciate them coming by. I want you to hop in, as we always say, to FrogsToday.com. Hop in that Lizard Lounge. Talk to these guys during the week. If you've got questions, they're there to answer them. If you got things you want him to look up, if you got rumors, this guy especially, if you got rumors, send them his way. He'll run them down for you. All right. Uh, Thanks to all our guests this week. Thanks to everybody who made it possible. Back with you again next week for another edition of Frogs Today. Have a great week.
3: Are you supposed to be here? Try pulling it harder. Let me
6: in. Harder. Give me one second. Brian! Can you let me
7: in? What's the door code?
3: Five. Did that work? No? no. Try 21. Come on! Brian! Someone's here to see you.
0: Frogs Today is brought to you by The Flying Tea Club, supporting TCU student athletes, and by Richards Rainwater. Say hello to the water of tomorrow. Frogs Today is a production of Roxo Media House.